What's up guys? Welcome back to the Convicted Podcast. I know it's been a little bit of time here. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that we've had to keep up with in the shop and everything, but I want to be able to put a little bit more focus back on the Convicted Podcast. And we just worked on hiring Caleb from Sauce with Spoons Media uh, to be able to work on some of the podcast stuff. So I'm really excited about that. And I would love to hear your feedback on how the changes look to you or how they sound and whatever. Uh, but anyways, We've got a lot of cool interviews coming up, and I have some on the back burner that we didn't get to push through yet, so we've got a lot more content coming your way. So without further ado, we got one right now. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Hey, brother, how's it going with you? Fantastic, man. Uh, it's great to meet you. This is our first time, just so everybody knows that's listening to the podcast, this is our first time that Patrick and I are meeting face-to-face. It's really cool how nowadays with the internet, with social media and everything, like he got tagged in one of our, my posts about the podcast, and so now we're meeting and we're networking, and it, like it's amazing to me what can happen through social media with networking and everything. But anyways, Patrick, please tell everybody uh, who are you? Like, what band are you in? And kind of tell us your story of like how you guys got started. Well, I am Patrick, aka P Funk, the b- bassist and founder of the band Faithhead. Um, just to make a long story short, I was in a band that had disbanded back in 2014, and we had opened for like Thousand Foot Crutch, uh, Love and Death, um, you know project i can't remember the thing and anyway, we opened for a bunch of bands and we kind of it fell apart and i wasn't really sure if i had another band in me or not and uh, the inspiration came divinely to start faithhead and uh, uh january 2015 i started the process of putting together uh, a i guess at the time it was it was kind of more hard rock alternative and then we've, we've slipped more metal and we've gotten heavier, which I guess I think is a good thing. And uh, we are of the Christian worldview. Our lyrics are very faith-based. And what we do is, I mean, if the, the, the music, you know, sucks, nobody's, you know, they're not, you know, they're not interested. But if the message is weak and watered down, it doesn't matter. So we, we try to focus equally on the music and the message and uh, try to point people towards hope. We don't want to beat them over the head with it. We're just keeping ourselves in the market of ideas. And we're trying to be uh, bold, yet not abrasive. But we're being honest without being deceitful in the sense of we're not trying to pull any punches. Right. So trying to keep a balance. Right. We want to keep the door open to conversation. So you said that you had a band before that. Like what what was going through your mind when you said you weren't sure if you had it in you to kind of like have another band? Well, at that time, I've been married for a few years and my wife and I were having children and it was a very busy time. And I had waited a long time to be in a, another band and a, a Christian band 
for that matter, or faith-based mm-hmm. band. I was in my last secular band, my, my guitarist went through a divorce and wound up committing suicide. It was very horrible. It was a very horrible experience. And as we were in one of our last conversations, uh, we were driving across the Chickamauga Dam and he was telling me he's so depressed and you know, he was heartbroken. And at that time in my life, I wasn't, I, I was not completely living the life I should have been. And the only thing that I could have said to him, and the only thing I said to him or could say to him was brother, sometimes you just got to pray. You got to pray to God. And, um, and I completely blew an opportunity there. And it was just a few days later, I found his father called me and um, said that he had found him in the basement and he had hung himself. And from that point on, I was determined not to, if I'm going to play music, I'm going to be in a position where I can, I can live my life out and be able to witness to people. I don't share that story very often, mm-hmm. but that is the, the primary motivation behind what I do in all aspects of my life. I want to be able to have a life. I mean, I'm not perfect. We don't walk around with praying hands and halos or anything. Right. That's not real. And anybody or any Christian artist that says, you know, that acts that way, it's, it's, we have, we all, all everybody in the band has issues. And we try to minister and love on one another, but, and we're not, none of us are perfect, but we, we serve a perfect God. We serve a perfect savior. And I want to be in a position with my life to be able to share that. I got you. So it sounds like you really want to live out your own convictions, basically. Yes. If I'm hearing you correctly. And I'm guessing that that's probably something that you guys all discussed in the band together to do. So it was kind of like a united thing. Well, and the the initial the initial idea was is I wanted to play with musicians that I liked, that I can write music with, that glorify God and have fun. Mm-hmm. And it was that's all it was supposed to be. Me getting with a group of guys that I liked, that I got along with, and I enjoyed writing music, you know, with a message. But it was heavy, you know, it was, it was heavy stuff. It wasn't praise and worship. It was, it was going to be stuff about real things. And if that was all it was supposed to be. But we, when we put out a song, we put out uh, Going to the Mountain. And it first got picked up in England and then Germany. And then it finally, you know, caught on in the States. And then they were like, we need another song. I'm like, okay. So we wrote another song. We need another song. I'm like, I just gave you two songs. So it, we kind of were like, this could be bigger than what we anticipated. You know, there, God is doing something here that, I mean, we, we're nobodies. I mean, we're from, you know, the middle of nowhere, Chattanooga, North Georgia. But, you know, but these radio stations were wanting more music and mm-hmm. they, they wanted us to up the quality so at the time we were recording uh, tracks in the in the rehearsal space. I was I was at, you know I was cleaning it up in my home studio, and at the time I was sending it down to our singers at the time, and he was mass mixing and mastering it. And 
it's just what you know we needed to take it to the next level so we wound up going to nashville and recording our first album so it was it was never meant to be a big thing it was never so meant i have a work. question for you based on what you just said with um feeling like you need to take that music quality up a notch basically so because i have like a wide audience of different types of backgrounds and everything when someone feels like they need to take it to the next level to be able to get their quality up higher because maybe uh because it's great to start in-house you know if you're learning mixing and mastering guys if you guys are listening like if you have someone in your band that's learning the mixing and mastering keep pushing them towards it don't discard them just because maybe they're not good at it now no one starts with it good no one's good when they start like you gotta suck first to be able to get better but let let your bandmate if they're doing that help you do the scratch tracks for now record and keep moving forward but anyways uh patrick so it, when you guys had to take it that, to that next level how did you guys decide who to go with to be able to move that music quality up well fortunately um as i as i tell everybody that we share a stage with we're not competing with anybody we're you know we're trying to do our best I'm, and i'm very supportive of other bands and there's a band in nashville called oblivion myth who uh, i'm still friends with you know friends with those guys and uh they referred me to uh curtis at audiotopia in nashville who was very was very reasonably priced he had the time and uh, we had a little bit of money so that's who we went with and uh curtis and i uh we talked initially uh, you know about because I wanted my bass. <laughs> I know it sounds selfish because I'm the bass player, but I'm like, I said, Curtis, I've never, I never had the bass tone that I've wanted on an album. I gave him like three examples and I said, you've got two weeks, get it dialed in and we'll figure out the rest when we get there. And um, he did, he got it all knocked. We, we bashed it out in about five weekends. And, um, and that was the first album. And it, it actually uh, landed, I forget where, Metal Pulse Radio, land, it landed in the top 10 because uh, it came out a Christmas day that, that year in 2016. Really? And they said it would have been in the top five if we'd have had it sooner. Like, great. So <laughs> thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me know there. But, sometimes uh, you can't control that stuff, though. You know, no, sometimes you got to put it out when you got it and then, you know, plan as, as much as you can. But, you know, things are going to happen. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. It, it, you know, it, it went very far. It got, you know, for indie music, it got a lot of it. It got a lot of recognition. And uh, I'm very proud of it. And even though at the time, our tone was not developed as it is today. And actually, and this is going to be some news to some people, we've actually gone back and we've been re-recording uh, six of the songs off our original album. Since we kind of have our tone now, we got our live. We we've been trying, even with the last album, we've been trying to capture our live tone, mm -hmm. which everybody loves our live tone. But we've not been successful in capturing it on album. And uh, we're recording six of our old songs to see if we can get it dialed in for the next full length album. So. So are you taking uh, those six songs and adding some more with it then? No, it'll be an EP. Okay, it'll so you're making a separate EP? Yeah, it's going to be an EP of just re-releasing those songs. Because okay. they've evolved. They've evolved over the last 
three years. And, uh, you know, it, it's, if you bought the original album, which is great, and you listen to us today, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And I've been hesitant to uh, do it because I didn't want think the, the, the guys who were on that album that are no longer in the band, I didn't want, you know, to be a slight to them. Right. There's a lot of great work there, but, you know, music and you know, songs evolve and uh, they, they improve over time. And we, we wanted to be able to capture that for, uh, the, you know, for our current audience. And, you know, we're running, kind of running out of CDs of that original album too. So, so did you want... kind of feel like that EP that you originally had with the six songs, did you feel well, like... it was a 10, it was 10 songs originally. Oh, 10 songs. You were just taking six. So yeah. you feel like that wasn't you yet. Did no. that make sense? No, it was not us yet. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Our guitarist, uh, Donnie Rains, he is, he is one of those people that is very particular about tone. And this is one of those areas where I could tr- I trust him implicitly. I no doubts he has got us dialed in. He's got the guitar tones. He's even got my bass tone further along than the original album. Which, so I bet you're happy. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> but Donnie is one of those people that will sit there and he will, he will get it dialed in right where it needs to be. And, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, pull it back a little bit. But 99% of the time, I trust him without a doubt. And he's really got us dialed in now. And we want that tone. We want that tone on an album. And it's so hard to get, as you know, recording Mm -hmm. an album, trying to capture that live essence. Because that's where we win people over is with our live performance. And, you know, that's just, we've not captured that yet on an album. I understand that feeling a lot because for us in Fourth Teller for quite some time, like for us, like we were getting a lot of people engaged live, but then it was like we listened to the CD and it was just like, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel right. like what we perform. So uh, it took us a long time. We've been in a band for like what, five or six years now working on stuff so it just takes a while so to anyone listening if you feel like you have not reached your sound yet that's okay because you have time and you can keep growing and evolving until all of a sudden maybe something really clicks and yeah. it's going to take a lot of practice time to be able to get there so the more often you guys get together especially if you guys are younger you who are listening um unlike i think Patrick and I are a little bit older now, <laughs> but, but if you guys are younger, you know, take that time. You really just experiment, try things until you are able to figure out this is us. This is our sound. This is how we jive together better. So, because, and I don't think there's any shame in remastering something, especially when you feel yeah. like it wasn't that. So, yeah, you know, we could, we could go back and remaster, but the, you know, even some of the arrangements were, have changed just a little. Not much, but just a little, and you know, it, it was it was time. You know, we need. You know, they were. We 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 needed to to do this because number one, you know, the old CD is running out. I wasn't going to reorder it, but um, but mainly my hesitation was I didn't want to slot. You know, feel anybody that was on it prior to be slotted in any way, and. Um, Cause I'm very, you know, I'm very, like I said, I'm very proud of it. Maybe pride comes before the fall there, but it was time, <laughs> but 
I'm more anxious about this the, the one that's going to follow. If, if we get everything dialed in the way we want on this EP, the next album should be should be it. Hopefully, that'll be the one that that pushes us the rest of the way over the top. So there you go. So, what is something that you guys are trying to achieve? Like, is there like a specific vision that you guys have? Well, we, there is a vision. the The problem is is funding. <laughs> Sadly with any musician in this current market. The problem is, is we can't get to the audiences. Um, there's people that, you know, if we could make it to, if we could make it to the West Coast, there's an audience there for us. So right now we're trying to figure out a West Coast tour. And um, that's basically our, our major, major obstacle right now is getting that, that together. Plus, we're trying to, um, we got a lot of things going on in the background. Uh, with this next album right now, we're doing, we're doing the DIY route, but we've also been talking to some indie labels okay. behind the scenes, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but, uh, or build up something that may not happen. The problem is, is, you know, we're, for a major label or anybody like that, we're a bad investment. <laughs> we all... And I say this all the time, we have lives, lives, kids, and mortgages. And we're, we're not young, you know, we're, we're middle-aged men. We're in our you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s. And uh, we're doing this, we're weekend warriors. We're trying, I mean, it would be great to do it as a living, but you know, there's very little money for developing new artists, you know, and if you're going to invest money into a new artist, you're gonna, it's gonna be somebody young, you know, you have you know, very little investment. So we don't worry about that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Because, you know, God's been good to open every door. And, um, and as I think the vision and the plan for this year is to plan. Because when we plan, we do, we execute well. And for the last couple of years, we've kind of just been reacting as opportunities presented themselves. And That's important to note on. If you don't mind me interrupting real quick. Go ahead. So... For everyone listening again, like if you have not tried to plan something out with your band and your band mates, uh, like what, what are your goals as a band? Talk to, right. talk about together. Well, I'm saying for them to, to discuss, oh, okay. you know, like what are your goals as a band? Talk about it together. Uh, make a plan. Like how, how do we want to actually achieve that? What is a realistic next goal for us? Uh, do we want to start creating a cer certain amount of content? Do we want to actually have a three song EP, five song EP, something to get started. Uh, maybe you've already gone a little bit. Maybe you need to start touring or something like, like whatever you want to start achieving, because if you want to go on tours, then go on tours, you know, like take the steps necessary. It's going to take a lot of work to start because DIY, as I'm sure Patrick here would agree with me, DIY tours can be hard at first. It really can be because you're building all the contacts up, you yeah. know? Um, you said that you were going to be doing a DIY. Actually, how did you build those contacts for everybody that's listening? Well, uh, we did a lot of that through so social media. Um, I mean, it, it's really just getting down and dirty and knowing, getting to know people. It, you know, it, it, it's an investment in time. Uh, a lot of it was through our radio contacts. And this is one of the reasons why I know God is in a lot of what we're doing is because we're an independent band. And we're getting played on FM radio, which is unheard of. Really? And um, I was at this 
thing in Nashville and this guy's like, if you're an independent artist, you will never get played on FM radio. And I kind of wanted to stand up and say, see, there's where you're wrong. Because I can tell you right now, we're on at least four FM stations in the UK alone. You know, we're, we're on a handful in the, in the US and, you know, tons of internet radio stations. You know, you know our music's making make into 74 countries. <laughs> yeah. So if you have, if you have content, if you have music that is worth, you know, the listen, you know, if you got a good product, I hate to say it that way, but if you got a good product, you know, people will, people will buy it. And, and the key in this industry, it's, it is a lot of relationships. Also, the other problem is it's also a lot of smoke and mirrors. And that's the one thing I don't really like. I'm not a mince my words type person. I'm very <laughs> uncharacteristically for this industry. I'm very blunt, and you know, and I and I and I and when you know, like an, an independent label comes to us, I, I give them the line: "We all got wives, lives, kids, and mortgages." I don't think we're you know, unless you got major money investment, I, I don't think you were going to be a good fit. And I you know, I usually, it's like an old Jewish rabbi told me, my job is to turn people off, you know, <laughs> to see if they're really interested. And, um, and I, and I, that's why I am. I'm just like, if well, you want to be in our camp, you got to really be interested. Right. Well, what's good about that is because you're, you are being honest in your position where you are. So, cause everyone has to be honest where they are like, Hey, are you guys tour ready? Do you have a van? You don't have a van. Don't say you're tour ready at that moment. Just say like, we've been like, if you have been be say we've been saving, we're working on getting a van. That's where we're at right now. We got the gear. We're ready. <clears throat> like whatever it is for you guys who are listening. But like that, I think that's important to be able to say, this is where we are. This is where we're trying to go. This is how we think we're trying to get there. If you are interested and want to partner up, cool, let's do that type of thing. So I think that's important. But, it, you know, but as far as putting a tour together, um, it, it's, it's networking. Networking is key. Um, I, you know, when we put our, our kind of our Midwest tour together, I mean, it was a lot of hours of work. Um, fortunately, we had some great supporters, uh, two of which were radio stations that kind of got us hooked up. So, and it's, you know, as we, you and I were talking off air, off interview, you want to have mutually beneficial relationships and you've got to have those, especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like I said, I, I don't compete with any other bands. We're up there to do the best faith head show that there is. If you're sharing a stage with us, we're rooting you on. And a lot of times we're roadieing in the backs. Like, Hey, do you need anything? You, you know, you know, you got a guitar swap or, you know, you want us to hand you something. We're, we're, we're all about, we're all in it together. As I, as I tell them all, they're probably sick of me hearing this, you know, me saying this and tired of hearing it from me when we do shows with people, but it's, it's the truth. I, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like the idea of competition in the sense of, I, you know, I never, I didn't buy, you know, just because I like the new Metallica album didn't stop me from buying the Megadeth, you know? Actually, I've never understood um, the competitive side of music. Like music is like your own expression. And if right. someone, if someone likes it, they're going to like it. If they, if they don't prefer what you have, they're going to prefer something that's like, right. You, like when people are trying to do it to get everybody or whatever, it's like, that doesn't seem like it's really the passion that you're right. doing. So I don't know. 
And I love what you're saying about like when you are sharing the stage with someone, um, I cannot tell you how many opportunities that might open. I can't guarantee, but might open for you when, when you are just willing to help the next band. Right. You get your gear off and out of the way. You're trying to be as considerate as possible, as fast as possible. And you help them get theirs on if they want it. Because some people are touchy about their gear and that's fine. Yeah. It's up to them. But like, hey, could I give you a hand? And you'd be surprised how much you can see that in the music community with one another exchanging on and off the stage. Yeah. So if you have never played a show and you're listening to this, please, by all means, make sure you get your stuff on the stage as fast as possible, off the stage as fast as possible, and you're helping one another with that like exchange whenever you're doing your set. Yeah, there's a, I hate to say this, but there are a couple of bands that, you know, you know, we've tried to help get gigs and have not had that same mentality and we probably won't be helping them get gigs again. It, 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 and and there's always the benefit to being the nice guy. You know, it may not pay off for you all the time and, you know, but t always taking the high road being a you know the gentleman being the nice person it, it, it it's it's always a good thing i absolutely agree so something that we mentioned off air that i would love to be able to actually dive into that you said sure. was one of the most impactful things for you in a band and that was you mentioned something about a wreck <laughs> would you mind sharing that story and like how you guys over like what happened and how did you guys overcome well we, we, it was the first day of our uh, Midwest tour back in July. And I just bought a brand new trailer as a 16 foot trailer. Um, it was six days old <laughs> and we had loaded it up and we were driving down to um, Hartsville, Alabama to pick up our second guitarist, Brian Montgomery to play a show in Memphis that night. And we, we got through the, we got through uh, Huntsville, Alabama. We were headed down the interstate to Hartsell and noticed something was kind of wobbly. So we pulled over, something, something wasn't right. We uh -oh. pulled over, everybody got out, checked the tires. Okay. So we, we pulled a little, you know, it was like, oh, we got back onto the interstate and I wasn't going that fast. And um, boom. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm trying to get it off to the side of the road. And as soon as we get into the grass, we just start sliding. Oh, and no. um, an expletive or two may have went off. <laughs> as, um, as I'm, of course, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. So I'm just trying to keep us from flipping. And we kind of slid to the to the left to the passenger side, and I hear Donnie yell out in the back, "The trailer!" And I look up, and the trailer is literally standing on the standing on the hitch, what? and it should have went like this and landed on us, but it didn't. It kind of did this little pirouette and landed right behind us. What? Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Well, I, I have I haven't heard anyone tell me a story like like that that that's happened. I've heard plenty of things about being on the road and like tires and breakdowns and whatever, but not a trailer almost smashing you. Yeah, you can go to our website faithhead.com and scroll down and you'll see you'll see photos from the wreck. 
it was it was terrifying to be honest with you because I, I mean when it. I looked left the and I saw the trailer literally up in the air I was trying to get under the steering wheel <laughs> at that point because I just knew it's like it was you know in, in my mind I'm like we're dead um I just widowed you know you know Jimmy's wife I've orphaned his kids you know oh, no. that's the you know for a second that's what's going through my mind because I love all my guys and you know and I've you know kind of as de facto leader I feel responsible for them but you know God was good to us he God you know the state trooper was looking at this like you know but he, you know, Satan lobbed a serious arrow at us that day, and we did not stop. We kept going, and we, you know, after after ten minutes of standing on the side of the road, looking at each other, we decided maybe we should call the police, or <laughs> call somebody. You know, you were probably shocked up until yeah, that time. We were we were in shock for about ten minutes, and I believe it. And then the, you know, the state trooper pulled up and then we were, we called Brian and his wife, Christy, and they, they, it's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta go get something to get, as we had several thousands of dollars worth of equipment in this big tin can on its side on the interstate. And um, so we managed to get everything out with the trailer on its side was anything damaged like inside the trailer miraculously there was probably about five hundred dollars worth of damage most of it one speaker cabinet and some lighting but everything else was in hard cases and in road cases well we, we had about a, we had about five hundred dollars worth of damage when it was all said and done wow that's not, a, not as good that is not as bad as it could have been it, no oh way. it could have been way i mean if you go and look at the photos it, it was not i mean now now on the other hand my yukon did not it did not fare as well um what happened was is my driver's side rear tire blew and that's what caused the wreck the trailer didn't give out something i from what i gather i may have just picked up a nail or something and there was just too much weight bearing down on it and what caused it well i mean we'll never know I won't know until I go to heaven and say, Lord, please tell me what happened here and why I had to <laughs> go through all that. And, um, that. That Then I will know. But for the most part, we walked away safe. We did miss our show in Memphis. And the miraculous part was we had to be in San Angelo, Texas the next day. Ooh, that's a drive. Find, yeah, we is. And we managed to find a U-Haul rental place late. Uh, Brian knew it. Brian knew someone and she managed to get us a 20 foot trailer and none of the guitars were broken. All the amps worked. We had a couple of powered speakers that were a little noisy and have been since repaired, but, um, but you were able to keep going. We kept going, kept trucking on. We did. We made it through Dallas, Texas rush hour, five o'clock rush hour traffic. It was like God parted the red sea for us. We never stopped. We slowed wow. down quite a bit, but we never came to a complete stop for more than just a few seconds, and we made it to our show. And actually, if we had not made it to that show, because that show was going to be aired on the radio 
across Texas. Oh, wow. And, um, and it's actually, the show is actually on YouTube, uh, KNG. Anyways, but um, that was that, that, that show was so important because a lot of our funding for that tour was going to be from that show. So we had to make, in order to make the tour work, we had to make that show. Understandable. So we, we had to, we had like maybe four hours sleep at a hotel that we weren't expecting to have to pay for that night. And, um, but it, it taught us, it, it taught us one thing and that it's going to be very hard to stop us. And the funny part was, is after the wreck, we got a lot of people's attention, uh, you know, press places that have, would never really give us the time of day was posting, you know, festivals, you know, that we've not been able to get into was sharing, you know, our Facebook post on the wreck and the videos and it's like, man, if I, if I'd have known this is what it was take to get their attention, I would wreck this a long time ago. But uh, don't tell my wife I said that. <laughs> but the long and the short was, is we kept going. And um, shortly thereafter, I was talking to um, a guy with an independent label. And, the, you know, and we had been chatting prior. But the first question out of his mouth was, tell me about the wreck. I and then the it. next one, first question out of their mouth was, tell me about the wreck. I believe it. And I'm like, okay, so this is, this is what they're looking at. If we can do it. Tell you what, <laughs> if you don't mind. Don't wreck yourself for your musical. No, 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 no. no. Don't, I would never encourage someone to do that. Um, if you don't mind, I'll grab those pictures from you and Please use do. it for the podcast and be like tell me about the wreck <laughs> and then have it posted for that well i know in just being perfectly honest with you i mean there you know donnie's wife angel uh so, you know really saved us there too because because the minute we had the wreck she's like what do i need to do and he's like you need to get in my truck start driving this way because one of two things is going to happen. We're either going to head home. We're going to head on down the road. We're going to need something to head home with. But once it was decided that we had what we needed to keep moving forward, um, we, we, we did, we kept moving forward. So Angel was, you know, having a supportive wife is a great thing. Of course, yes. you know, it was one of those deals where we're kind of like doing this leave. If we'd have went home, I don't think people would have blamed us, but we decided to keep moving forward because the mission and the ministry was more important than stuff. And you had the ability. We so did. You might as well. And you had the support too. So that's good. Well, I think we're going to end it here. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation that we had together, Patrick. Um, it was great meeting you. Um, it sounds like you've been through quite a bit uh, <laughs> with that last bit, especially. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to share this with everyone and I really hope that they get to add a lot of value. So where can people find your music and everything? Like what are your handles to be able to look at everything? We are at, you know, anywhere, social media at Faithhead Band, um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram at Faithhead Band. Uh, you can go to our website, faithhead.com. Um, Really, the, the biggest thing that you can do for us right now is pray. Uh, right now, we are in a transition. We are, our, our singer uh, had to bow out 
due to family obligations, which was understandable. We kind of saw it coming. And we've got auditions starting next week. We've got we got some guys that are interested in it. And we just want to be in unity in the decision. Absolutely. Um, because this voice is basically going to be on the next two albums. Mm. The, the That's re- important. Yeah, the, the new EP where we're kind of redoing the, some of the old songs plus the new album. And um, kudos to Jimmy. Jimmy put in, you know, two very long years, thousands of miles. And um, we probably wouldn't be as far along as we are without him. And even though we hate to see him go, he did a lot. And, and I try to give him props wherever I can. He's a very talented young man, but he's got the demands of a young family. And I certainly understand that. Absolutely. I'm glad that you guys are supportive in that. Well, Brian, I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. Having me on and uh, sharing us with your audience. And I want to thank your audience for taking the time to listen. And hopefully this is not the last conversation. We're going to have some stuff to talk about here in a couple of months. And uh, looking forward to getting to know more about the Convictions podcast. Absolutely. We'll stay in contact for sure. All right. <laughs> I appreciate it, Ryan. All right. Thank you so much, Patrick. Have a good night. You too. Thanks again for checking out the Convicted Podcast. I hope you learned something. I hope it inspired you. I hope it made you laugh or smile or all the above. Um, Again, if you have any feedback that you can give us or any thoughts that you have about this or any questions or anything, please comment or write a review. Let us know. Message us anything with Convicted Printing. Um, And be sure to follow the podcast. That way you get notified whenever there's a new one that comes out because we're going to start doing a few more more recently uh, and more frequently rather. And uh, thanks again. And I really hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.